Welcome to the Meet Me Downstairs podcast. I'm your host, Britt, and I'm here to bring you some real-ass conversations about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother, what it means to really just live in this world in female skin and feel empowered and educated and connected to our bodies. So the type of conversations that you're going to hear are going to be with a mixture of experts in the field of female existence and also real women, real mothers just wanting to share a window into their world so that we can connect better. Remember, you're never alone. Your sisters are right here on the other end of your speaker and you can always message us to connect deeper. So get ready to learn about yourself, to love yourself and just embrace this experience. Popping your headphones, turn up, you'll speak loud, and let's do the damn thing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the pod, kicking off season three today. What? an amazing feeling. Honestly, it's so good to be back. So good to be bringing these conversations to you and these ladies to you. So uh, today we are launching with a wonderful woman named Mickey Agrawal. And she, if you don't know her already, is a freaking badass, basically. She's a mom. And she's also an entrepreneur, an advisor, an investor. And her goal is basically to solve a bunch of problems in the world and be fucking badass. So Mickey, grateful for you. To give you a bit of background on her, she um, co-founded a company called Thinks, which I feel like most of you guys will probably know. And Thinks is a high-tech period-proof underwear brand. And she led that company to basically being valued at over $150 million and being considered one of Fast Company's most innovative companies of 2017. So that's pretty fucking cool. And then her latest venture is called Tushy. And this is a company that's revolutionizing the American toilet category with a modern and affordable designer bidet that just attaches to your toilet. You can install it yourself in like eight minutes. And um, she's now helping to fight the global sanitation crisis by bringing clean latrines to underserved communities in India. So she's basically just kicking ass in the world, helping women have better periods, helping the entire world have better sanitation, and also just helping your butts too, because cleaning ourselves with toilet paper actually isn't all that good. And she kind of gets into that um, in the episode. And then throughout the episode, she just teaches us how to live a lit up life, like her philosophies that she shares on how to mother and how to run a business, um, her advice, like it's just incredible. So let me not ramble on. Mickey's great. Enjoy this conversation. Mickey, thank you so much for joining us. This is a true honor, especially to be kicking off our third season with you. Just mostly, honestly, excited to just talk to you like everything, but your journey through motherhood in particular and your journey through creation, running multiple businesses, the challenge that really challenged the way that we think and kind of like breaking down barriers of what it means to be a mother, a business owner, a woman, and just kind of everything else in between. And um, I'm just so grateful that you're giving us the honor of your time and conversation. I am like mega obsessed with your book, Disruptor. It's one of my favorites of all time. I can't even explain to you. I'm sure you get this all the time. But when I read that, like the amount of power I feel in myself as a woman 
it's like unlike anything. It's one of my favorite books. So thank you even just for doing that. Really appreciate it. (laughs) That means a lot. I love hearing that. So my first kind of question with a podcast being centered a little bit around motherhood and womanhood is how did motherhood find you and kind of how has that experience been in your life and like shaped you into the woman that you are? I think, I mean, I think it's just like, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like, it changes you, it changes you. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say that it's sort of like, you know, like it slows you down or or things like, it slows you down or things like that. But it, to me, it actually made me more present Mm -hmm. and more aware of what's important and um, more just, you know, living with a childlike state of curiosity, playfulness and awe, which is in my book, Disrupt Her, and how important living in a state of awe and wow, like the holy shitness of being alive, you know, that like there is such a beautiful, innocent reminder of that every time I spend with my child. And so mm-hmm. um, I think from a creative perspective, from an artistic perspective, from an inventive perspective, from a business perspective, from a personal relational perspective, I think it's only gotten more expansive than, than, than smaller, which is what, you know, the stand traditional societal conditioning would tell you. I completely agree. I find like since having a child just for myself, it's like awakened an entirely like new creative outlet for me, which I didn't expect, you know, coming in, as you said, with these societal sort of like shackles of what a quote unquote traditional mother is supposed to look like or how you're supposed to feel or all that kind of stuff. And it's just blown my doors wide open into a woman, really. So it's been very... I love the how old is yours? He's 16 months, so still quite fresh. (laughs) Amazing. Well, you look amazing. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I mean, breastfeeding just takes it right off. Oof, does it ever. (laughs) And the amount that I remember eating during breastfeeding was like another story. Yeah, I know. It's like, how do we... It's like beasthood. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing. I mean, mother, like, like motherhood is something to be so proud of and mm-hmm. um and and for those who don't also to be proud of to make I that agree. choice yeah. I think it's beautiful all, all the ways I agree um and so what do kind of like the different roles that you take on look like do you find like you're separating yourself when you're you know mom business owner woman or do they all sort of intertwine like how does that sort of work for you as you transition into or transition throughout your life I would say you know we just learn how to I, I learned really clearly how to delegate and how to, um, how to just be conscious of what I say yes to mm. and, um, and, and then what parts of my business I want to work on um, and optimizing for joy and um, optimizing for fun. Like if this is a part of my company that I love doing, the creative part, the marketing, the design, the um, you know, new product development, like that's kind of the PR ideas. Like, like those are the kinds of things I'd love thinking about for the business. And then finding the people who love operations, who love, you know, managing people, who love all the other parts, the financial parts of the business, like that, you know, that, that, I, that I, it's important for me to know, but it's not necessarily the part that I want to like be in the weeds of every day to delegate those parts. And that's, that's totally okay. And I think so much of, you know, the society that we live in, like almost makes us feel guilty for not being 
everything to everyone all the time. And it's like, no, you, I, you know, I learned that, you know, for me to be, to be a, a great mother is to be extremely present with my child when I'm with him and, um, and, and not to be distracted by my phone, not to be doing other things, like to be really truly present. But if that time is one or two hours a day, he's in school for a big chunk of the day. When he gets home at, you know, we spend time together in the mornings. We spend time together sometimes. Um, but usually my time with him is when he comes home from school and, and before, before going to bed, we, we really spend a lot of time making believe like, you know, making stories mm-hmm. up and reading, reading books and having a nighttime, you know, ritual practice that we do together. And, and he knows how present I am with him during that period. So it just fills him up with love. I also think that, you know, when, when we are accepting and allowing for support in our lives and asking for help, and I think that's totally okay to do, and I love asking for help, I think that actually creates a level of, um, you know, excitement when you see, you know, when I see my kid. Like, it's not like, like, oh, now I have to, like, play with him and I have to hang out with him and I have, because I'm just, like, so strung out and have so much going on that I don't have time. And, and then we don't end up giving our kid, like, the love that they genuinely deserve. And so I'm always, you know, in the, in the camp of optimization. Like what is the best way to be, you know, present with my kid, present with my work, present with my friends, present with my partner, present in my home, you know, and have, and, and, and give myself adequate time for each. And I think that comes from just having no distractions. I don't read the news and get all worked up about what's happening with this just yellow journalism every day. I don't get caught up in social media, like sharing on social media and, you know, following up a little bit here and there with what my friends or close friends are doing. But for the most part, it's a place for me to really share thoughts I've got or ideas that I've, you know, or like teachings that I've learned from different coaches or practices or books or things I've read. It's kind of a great memorialization of of what I'm learning for myself. And then some fun stuff here and there and art. But because I don't spend, you know, time wasting my time I think there's just ample time to get everything we need to get done done and do it well and with a lot of presence we don't we don't realize how much time people we waste you know I agree I and I'm gosh like myself just so bad at sometimes just getting lost in your phone it's so easy to do that I put time limits so basically basically just put a time limit so it's like okay 15 minutes on Instagram every Mm -hmm. day on a day when I'm posting I probably give myself 30 minutes, you know, on Instagram to post. But then I, after the time limit is over, you're done. Yeah. You know? That's a good tip, and then, actually. Yeah. And then and then I uh, all of my um, apps go down after 8 p.m. So, like, oh, they actually go that. dark. And so you can set it all up where they kind of black out, you know, after a certain time. And then you just don't have any, you know, in, inclination to do it. And I think, like, the most big – the biggest one is social media and the news – and the whole point of reading the news is for people to like get stuck in it and to get more riled up and more worked up. And all that does is create more divisiveness and, and also just more, you know, like like clicks and shares to the low vibra- vibrational media yeah. that exists. And so, you know, it's, it, it creates much more separation than connect- connectedness. And I think when we spend time with our friends, you know, um, yesterday I had a few friends come out on our on the boat, you know, on, on the lake in, in Austin and, you know, phones off and just everyone got to really spend 
beautiful quality time together mm-hmm. outside safely, of course. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just, what do we, what are we prioritizing in our lives? And I think like, you know, for me, like thinking about my company Tushy currently and how with my last company with Thinks, I was, I just ran myself ragged mm-hmm. and was just exhausted all the time and just not, not at my best because it was just so much and so hard. I didn't give myself the permission to, to delegate and, 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 and not feel like I have to do everything with everyone. And so yeah. with Tushy, now I'm able to really, really ask myself the, the, the deep questions like, what do I want to do in my business? You know, also like, you know, sometimes there's a feeling of FOMO or being left out. Like, you know, I stopped being on my morning and evening calls with my team. My CEO now does that, has been doing that for the whole time, really during the quarantine and everything. And, you know, the old version of me would have been felt a twinge of FOMO of like, wait, like everyone's connecting and I'm, you know, not. And it's like, that's just not what that, 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 that's, that I don't need to do that, Yeah, you know? And that's, and that actually has given me freedom to think about the next thing for the business and give me the freedom to not get caught up in any dynamics that I don't want to get caught up in and gives me the space to really have a, you know, 10,000 foot view of the business and able to think about it strategically very differently than what I would if I'm so close to the business, which is what I have been my whole life because I thought that that's what I had to do to be successful is to do absolutely everything, be in everyone's business and do all the things and, and then just, just not be at my best. So Tushy is thriving because everybody really knows their role and um, knows you know, when, when it's important to be in the weeds and when it's not, when it's important not to be. And it was such a huge lesson for me. Yeah. I think that's a really important lesson, especially for women, I think too, because I think if you're in a place of power and a place of control and starting a business, running a business sometimes, and, and maybe this isn't your experience, but sometimes I feel like there's this sense of, well, I have to do everything because what if I'm questioned on my purpose in this place or my purpose in in my role or feeling like I'm capable of running this kind of business. Did you ever experience anything like that? Were those sort of thoughts that came up or it was other things internally for you? I mean, I started the companies, you know, and so because I started them, there was a level of like trust in in myself and my partners, you know, co-founders to really say like, okay, like we started this business we're hiring people to join my company, our company, and um, and we trust these people to be stewards of my vision. Yeah. And um, and if they're not willing to do that, to be stewards of my vision and want to somehow take control of the vision or overstep the vision, then you know I'm all ears to listen to what people have to say. And I love a good discourse. I love a good, you know, like. Um, you know, constructive argument around what's the best for the business. But in the end, you know, there is, you know, the vision. And if people want to have, start their own companies and, and then they can go and create their own vision, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, I, I, I really believe in, in, in sort of hearing everybody out. But then when I, when I have a vision, you know, that that's, that that's the, the decision that has to be made because you can't have, a thousand cooks in the kitchen. It just doesn't create a business or a brand or anything. So there needs to be a level, a, a level of someone's got to put the gavel down, you know, 
And usually, usually in the end, it's, it's the founder who has to make the final call. You know, just like any, like the president has to make a final call, even if there's hundreds of people who are debating, like there is a final call that needs to be made. And usually it's the person with the bigger vision, the biggest vision. And we can't be apologetic of, of that. You know, sometimes, you know, my last company, I was trying for everyone to feel like they were the main person and that they all had equal say. And actually it, it, it created a lot more toxicity than having a bit more of a structured environment where everyone's absolutely listened to, but there is a final say, and that's important to have too. The businesses that you've created multiple, um, the one where I know you most from is from Thinks and getting to know Tushy, which seems very cool. All the businesses that you've created sort of like challenge societal norms and like disrupt the status quo, as you would say in your book. So how do you sort of find the courage to look at the way things have been and say, you know what, I'm going to change this right up. Like, how has that experience or, or expression gone for you in terms of inspiration? You know, it's interesting because it's like, it always turns into something that was never the original intention. Like for mm-hmm. me, with things, the original intention was to solve a period problem. I was having accidents constantly running from one restaurant to another, and it was just a pain in the ass. And I wanted to have a solution. My co-founders and I wanted to have a solution that worked for us. And 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 we couldn't find anything. So we, we spent four years developing the best in class period proof underwear product. And so um, that started, that came from a need. And, and then of course, over time, and this is what, what, what I learned is that it got co-opted by, you know, like some people on the team who wanted to make it a feminist movement. And I kind of went along with it. Cause it was like, Oh, cool. That sounds, that sounds great. And there was definitely a lot of like, press that came along with that but it kind of turned into something and I think like anything else when you birth a child and the child turns into what the child turns into it's not really up to you in the end a lot of times so I have to also remember that that like I you know like even if I'm the birth mother of of certain of these companies these projects babies they kind of could 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 morph on their own it's it's really about like do I want to set really deep guardrails you know, so that they don't veer off too far or do I want to just open it up? And I think we have a mission at Tushy. We want to, you know, clean the butts of the American people, you know, elevate the human experience. And we want to save millions and millions of trees from getting flushed on the toilet. We want to solve the global sanitation crisis and help billions of people gain access to clean toilets globally who don't have access to them. So that's our mission and we're sticking with it. And um, it's just easy to veer off, but you know, um, this time we, 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 we really stuck our ground and I think it's, it's really helpful for the company and for our brand and for the people in the team. That's amazing. I like that a lot. Cause I mean, in some way, yes, you're challenging the status quo, but really when you just break it down, you're just solving a problem. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like you're going above and beyond to, to be, you know, well, disruptive. Yes, you are, but the core is, but we're just trying to help women have better periods or we're just trying to help our planet, you know, be a safer place for, for our planet and, you know, help people go to the bathroom and use less trees and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's actually quite an aha moment, just being like, well, if we strip it all back, it's just coming from solving from a problem. Solving a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think like in my first book, Do Cool Shit, I, I asked myself three questions before starting any business and this is, you know, something that's, that's really sticky because people get so far into like, I want to change the world. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we all, we all want to 
leave a mark in, in some way and leave the world a better place, but it, it comes from a very egoic place versus let me just solve a problem. So I always ask myself three questions before starting any business. The first question is what sucks in my world? Mm. It has to be a problem that sucks in my world. Like for me, having period accidents sucked in my world, having poop, like, you know, having a really painful butt because I had a hyperthyroid condition, which, you know, a byproduct of that was pooping up to eight times a day. Oh, wow. And so I was pooping so much, um, you know, and, and that was when, you know, the idea for Tushy was born. My husband got me a, a really, you know, crappy bidet product um, for, for, for Valentine's Day as, as like a fun, sweet gift, a thoughtful gift, but it was like all he found on the internet. And and it changed my life. It made my my butt way less chapped. It clean. It, it like totally cleaned it properly without be having abrasive toilet paper just scratching my nether regions and uh, my sensitive nether regions. And um, and so in the changing of my life, I was like, I need to bring this to America. It changed my life, you know. So, what sucks in my world is the first question. The second question is, does it suck for a lot of people? Because it can't just be a problem that sucks for you because then you're just a diva that, you know, it's just your problem. So it has to be a problem that sucks for a lot of people. And um, every single woman has had a period accident. You know, like there are millions and millions and millions of people who have chronic UTIs, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, anal itching, yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, all these things down there. Because you're literally taking dry paper and smearing poop around that area and then sitting on fecal matter all day long which eventually just creates infection and disease. Like it's just true. And so, you know, just to use fresh water instead of dry paper is the most obvious solution to clean yourself. And yet we've been so deeply indoctrinated by society to believe that dry paper will properly clean you. You know, the analogy I love to give is imagine if you jumped in your shower and didn't turn the water on and just use dry toilet paper to like wipe down your dirtiest bits. You know, like people will call you crazy, right? So it's like, why are we doing that to the dirtiest part of our body? And that's that that's just one area of like our lives that we just kind of blindly follow. This is the way it is versus let me try something different and, and better and, and, and healthier for me and healthier for the planet and cheaper. And actually like, you know, you buy Tushy for 79 bucks and in three months you're paid off for the amount of toilet paper you buy. And then you save thousands of dollars of your own hard-earned money by washing yourself properly and it, it attaches to your toilet in 10 minutes it saves millions of trees. I mean, it's a win, 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 win product. I mean, it's just, it's a no-brainer. And yet culturally, it's been a taboo because it's a poop product. And yes. yet people don't want to talk about it. And therefore, nobody's innovating in it. So it always, so, so what sucks in my world? Does it suck for a lot of people? And the third question is the most important, which is, can I be passionate about this issue cause or community for a really long time? Mm. Um, and you know, people often like want to like start a company and sell it in two years and make millions of dollars and think that that's going to happen. But it, you have like 99.999% of businesses don't get past a million dollars, you know, like, you know, and so it's like to really want to solve a problem that usually starts with you to solve a problem for others that 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 needs to be something that you're passionate about because if not, you're not going to be able to withstand ten years. You know that this the the thing I always say to people is like, are you willing to do this for ten years? Mm -hmm. And if and you know it takes ten years to be an overnight success, right? And most people don't want to do something for ten years unless they're really really passionate about it. For me, starting my restaurants 
you know, I still have them 16 years later, 17 years later, because I'm passionate about food and, and eating healthy food, but healthy, delicious comfort food. I'm really, really passionate about women's issues and solving problems for women and eliminating the taboo around a women's period while solving my problem. I can be passionate about that for the rest of my life. You know, that saving millions of trees from being flushed down the toilet, elevating the human experience, I can be passionate about that for the rest of my life. So it's like, can I, can I still work in these companies for, for at least 10 years and still be fulfilled and happy? Most people would say no, because they're just doing something for the money or they're doing something because they think it's the right timing for this thing that will go like, you know, we'll have a gold rush of this. And it's just like, most of those people fail because the passion's missing. Thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate that. And I think that you can tell, like, I feel like you can always kind of tell when something is coming from a place of passion and love versus when something is coming from someone else. And like, even just hearing you speak about that, about your businesses, it's like, oh my gosh, you can feel the fire. Like you can feel your love for what you're doing. And that's a huge difference. So thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate it. So two kind of, basically two questions left. So the first is, you know, mothers and business. And I feel like as a society, we've seen massive progress in the way that women are being treated and the way that mothers are being treated in terms of having a career and being able to do everything, but we still have a long way to go. Um, and I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on being a mother and running a company or just working in a, in a business world or having a job or anything like that. I think a lot of mothers are now leaders of companies. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's also a lot of takedowns of, of women in leadership roles, which is, which is really tragic as yeah. well in the moment. I think it's just, again, it's, it's like how you delegate, how you manage, how you give yourself permission to receive support. And I think, you know, it's just about creating a process and a system for ourselves that work for us and for our kids and for our families. Like our, like our kids are happiest when we're happy, you know, when we're stressed out and, and resent our kids because they're taking our time for this or that then it actually it creates a resentful relationship with your family and your kids versus being so lit up and alive in your own life and getting so excited about what you're doing and then creating a really present block of time every day for your kids where your phones are away, you're really there with them, you're really imagining stories together, you're really reading the book together, you're really listening to them, really hearing what they have to say. That goes miles. It doesn't have to be a long time. They just trust that when you're with them, you're with them. And when you're not, you're working. And that's yeah. okay too. Like they're like, oh, mama's working, dada's working, you know, and he'll go and play with my nanny or whatever. But then when I'm like, here, I'm done. He's like, mom, come play with me. Mama, come play with me. Your mama, come read me a book or come sleep with me. Yeah. And I go and lay down with him and we just tell him a story. And I just basically, we make up all these stories and it's just so fun. Yeah. And it's, you know, I spend an hour like, you know, doing the wind down process with him. And I love it. And so it's a time that I cherish together too, you know? So, and then the rest of the time I get to really work on my passions. I'm like dreaming up new companies now and new, new ideas. I have two new business projects I'm, I'm dreaming up after, you know, the Tushy, Tushy, you know, um, Tushy is, is um, you know, secure. moving, move, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, is, is secure. So, you know, there's, there's just... Um, a lot of creative juice that keeps flowing through. We just have to give ourselves permission and not feel like, oh my God, because I'm not spending six hours a day with my kid. I'm a terrible mom. Like we're kind of put in these like weird pigeonholed things where it's like, 
if we're working women, we're terrible moms. If we're stay-at-home moms, like what are we doing with our lives? We're, ter- yes. we're not like, what are we, you know? So it's like a constant oxymoron by society and a constant contradiction that it's just like, you do you, you know? It's like, I'm not going to listen to anyone. What anyone says, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom, I support you. I don't judge you for not being a working woman. If you're a working woman, I support you for not being a stay-at-home mom, you know, on both sides, as long as you feel fulfilled personally in your life, your kid will feel that fulfillment. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is that you do. As long as you feel fulfilled in your life, that will translate to the kid's life. Because otherwise, it's just like the kid is absorbing and watching you all the time. All the time. And if they're not feeling you lit up and, and excited about life, that might that like, that really likely will affect them too. So I, I really believe in example, like being mm-hmm. the example of a lit up human that my kid then gets to be a lit up human yeah. as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. So my last question. So in your book, um, Disruptor, you sort of define a disruptor as someone who questions everything in their own life, in culture, in society, to ensure that she's maximizing her life experiences before it's all over like a flash in the pan. What is one or two of the pivotal moments in your life where you questioned everything and change has erupted? I mean, in my book, Disruptor, really is all about like, how do you think about questioning everything? Why should you question everything? Because everything is made up. Time is made up. Our money is made up. Our taxes are made up. Our like structures are made up. Like this, like our work schedules are made up. Like Mm -hmm. absolutely every single thing in the world is made up in people's heads. Yes. And and that just by that acceptance and acknowledgement of like, whoa, 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 like all these systems and cities and structures and workflows and all of that is made up like we can invent new possibilities Mm -hmm. for ourselves we can give ourselves permission to do that and then we start questioning everything like why am I wiping my ass with dry paper doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. like why am I just bleeding through an uncomfortable tampon that was made up by men and that just sits in a landfill for 500 years Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense you know like why am I living my life this way and like feeling pressured by society to be a mom in this way. No, I don't. I could do it exactly. How I want. Guess what? My kid is freaking lit up and so happy and so alive. We can get shamed so easily, you know, about everything, our bodies, how we mm-hmm. talk about our bodies, how we feel about our bodies, how we think about the way we think. I mean, it's just, we live in a world that's just about shaming each other into what we believe is right by society, which is all made up. And so I just kind of say, to hell with all of that and to listen to your inner wisdom, your inner knowing. It's so important. We know what feels right, what feels an integrity to ourselves and to our families and to the world. If we just sat with ourselves for a minute, we would really, really feel a deep inner knowing in ourselves. And I think we, we, we don't listen to ourselves. We, we ignore it. We ignore our inner knowing a lot. And that feels that, that that's probably the, the, you know, the deepest rejection that we can yeah. give is to ourselves. And so if we can really like, like lean into the, to the wisdom of our own, like knowing then so much in the world, I think will, will be transformed instead of like 
saving face, looking good for the public, making our families, representing everyone. Like, like, oh, like, I don't want to look bad. Like, what if I failed? Like, what will people think? Like, what if I married this person? What will people think? What if I didn't get married? What will people think? What if my kids? What will people think? If I didn't, like, want to own a home, what will people think? Like, what everything's, but what will people think? Like, what will my parents think? Like, what will people, like, it's like, it's all made up. Who gives a shit what people think? Like, my coach talks to me a lot about your audience versus what does she call it? Your it's like your your circle. You know, it's like your audience is, is just the people who are peanut gallery just telling you stuff versus your 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 circle of your people who really just which are which are the people who you want to be the reflectors of your life. You don't need to like listen to everyone and their mother that you can choose who your people are that you listen to. And it doesn't have to be that many. And then the rest is just noise. I learned in a, a really hard way that paying attention to everybody is just, is just, not, is just not possible. And, and trying to please everybody is just not possible. So if you don't like me and what I'm saying, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to write hateful things. You could just unfollow me. It's just a game of attention, of power, of domination, of virtue signaling, of standing on people's soapboxes to just show everyone that they're woke in some way that's just completely full of inauthenticity. I'm just all about you do you and do it from a place of love and integrity and you'll be fine. Thank you so much. I feel that's the best way to sort of close everything off. I really appreciate your time. Like I can't express that enough. And and thank you for doing the work that you're doing and creating more things that are going to help solve problems in the world. And um, being a kick-ass freaking mom. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, definitely. Those listening, definitely check out my book, Disrupt Her, and also check out hellotushy.com because yes. it will change your life. 100% read the book. I've told all my girlfriends about it. I've had friends who've went and bought it and are just like, this is the greatest thing, like huge advocate for what you're doing. And, and it's a true honor that, that you came to share your time. So thank you so, so much. Of and course. If there's anything else you want to share or say, please do. <laughs> Here for all of it and go for it. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, if you enjoyed, leave us a review. It really supports our channel and it helps it to grow and let other people who might be interested in this stuff find us. And then also please just share it, subscribe, um, love it, whatever it is that you guys do to keep supporting. We appreciate it so much and we will chat on the next episode.